So here we go, guys. Um, uh, you know, isn't it? Would you say it's easier to follow people who who um, know what they're doing, uh, and harder if you feel like they don't know? Have you ever had a boss that didn't know what they're doing, or like a leader, right? Um, and it's it's not good. Um, and and Sally kind of helped helped me with this, and you know, um, I always kind of ask her how it go, what her thoughts about the sermon, um, the one a couple weeks ago, and, and she was like, and she made a comment to me. She said, I felt like one of the reasons why your players. Um, kind of, you know, respect you among other things was the fact that, that you could play basketball, you know. Uh, and even at, in the 40s, in my 40s, I could still get out there and shoot and shoot the ball pretty well, you know. And like, okay, well, Coach Murphy kind of knows what he's talking about. I think I can, I can listen to him. Um, and so I kind of want, want to make that point when, you, when we're talking about the one on the pep talk. Um, uh, and so in, in general, Colin Powell said, the most important thing I learned is that soldiers watch what their leaders do. Uh, you can give them classes and lecture them forever, but it is your personal example they will follow. And I thought that was some pretty strong words in light of the, going through the book of Philippians. And so uh, Paul encouraged the Philippian believers to, to work out a plan, if you remember this in the, from the past, through the power of God for his purposes. And that was the previous sermon, previous message. Uh, he had been a good example. But um, I know I'm dating myself here, but... Um, does anybody here remember the Gatorade commercials with Michael Jordan? Like Mike. If I could be like Mike. I want to be, I want to be like Mike. No. All right. Does anybody remember that? Is that all? Mr. Thomas, like, I don't, I'm not sure. But, yeah, too young. <laughs> too young. I like that. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, it, it was, you know, it was like if you drink Gatorade, you could be like Michael Jordan. Um, okay, yeah, the best player ever. Sorry, LeBron James people. Like, uh, really? I just don't, I don't know about that. Um, and, and I can remember being really frustrated from the inability to do something that somebody, that was so easy for somebody else. Like I'm not, like Sally will tell you, I'm not the most mechanically inclined person in the world. Okay. I'm pretty good with electronics. I'm pretty good at computers. I can do stuff like that. Uh, but mechanical type stuff. No. All right. She's smiling uh, at me right now. But, um, and, and my dad is opposite. My dad is like a really good mechanic. He was a mechanic at, you know, PCS when it was Occidental. And he's like, you know, he, he, I, when I was growing up and I, you know, I, was, I was with him and working, he would tell me how to do something. And I'm like, I'm, I'm really focusing. I'm really paying attention to what he wants me to do. And I'm like, I can do this when it's my turn, you know. And then I couldn't do it like ever. And I always said, Dad, can you help me? You know, and it was always frustrating, you know, that I could not, I just couldn't do it. Um, and, you know, and so here's the deal. My, my point is this. Maybe whenever we look at Christ's example of humility in verses 6 through 11 in chapter 2, in some way, maybe we think, see, that's not going to happen. Uh, um, you know, that's Jesus. I can't do that. You know, maybe there's a bit of a frustration. Or maybe I'm just Maybe just me. But I hope that you can relate to that, you know, in some way. And maybe you think, well, even Paul, when, when, we, when we hear Paul's example, you know, um, you're like, okay, well, man, that, that's good too. But isn't he some type of super Christian? You know, I can't be like Paul. It's like being like Mike, you know. Um, but maybe we can follow two other examples. And that's where we're going today. Okay, Timothy and Epaphroditus. All right, y'all want to say that one time? Uh, Epaphroditus, y'all want to give it a shot? What do you think? Maybe you want to give it a shot? Epaphroditus? No, she's like, why are you calling me out? All right, um, so welcome to week nine as we go through the book of Philippians. And uh, my hope today is that you will see 
that ordinary Christians can be extraordinary by following the examples of Timothy and Epaphroditus. Okay? My hope is that, you know, we, we, we say, you know what? These are just ordinary people. I think I can do that. All right? And so that's my hope uh, today. So if you'll uh, follow along with me, I'm, I'm going to read from uh, starting in verse 19, going to the end of chapter 2. So we'll be, we'll be halfway done with, uh, with, with, with the book of Philippians. It's only taken us nine weeks, okay? All right. <laughs> so laughing. All right, here we go. All right, um, now, now I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be encouraged by news about you. Remember, he's in prison. He's, not, uh, he's in jail. All right. Uh, for I have no one else like-minded who will genuinely care about your interests. All seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know his proven character because he has served with me in the gospel ministry like a son with a father. Therefore, I hope to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. I am confident in the Lord that I myself will also come soon. Verse 25. But I considered it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, as well as your messenger and minister to my need, since he has been longing for all of you and was distressed because you heard that he was sick. Indeed, he, he was so sick that he nearly died. However, God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. For this reason, I'm very eager to send him so that you may rejoice again when you see him, and I may be less anxious." Therefore, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and hold people like him in honor because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up what was lacking in your ministry to me. So remember, uh, Paul was in prison. He's writing to encourage the Philippians. And he introduced us to these two ordinary saints, okay? Men who were not apostles or spectacular miracle workers, all right? Uh, he wants us to know that the submissive mind is, is not a luxury uh, enjoyed by a chosen few, okay? Uh, but it is a necessity for Christian joy, and it's an opportunity for all of us, okay? Amen? So Paul wanted to send Timothy to the Philippians, okay, for some encouragement. And Timothy was with Paul and Silas. If you look at the very first part of the, of the book of Philippians, in chapter 1, verse 1, Paul and Timothy. Okay, servants of Christ Jesus. So uh, uh, he apparently was there whenever they planted the church at Philippi. At Philippi all right? uh, and so again, remember, the main point today is that ordinary Christians can be extraordinary by following the examples of these two men. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, the old football coach back in the day, said the difference between ordinary and, and extraordinary is the little extra. Right? And that might be real simple, but it is. Okay, uh, it's, it's very true. It's a very true statement. So let's look at Timothy's example for a, more, for a moment. And according to Paul, three things Timothy showed us was that he cared, he cared, he had character, and he served. So let's look at that uh, if you're taking notes. And there's Timothy, and we'll do, we'll do uh, three more about Epaphroditus. So Timothy and Paul were like-minded. Verse 20. Okay, for I have no one else like-minded who would genuinely care about your interests. Um, have you ever met someone that that uh, that you know was very much like you, and you got along with them instantly? Anybody like you? Just kind of like you, know, you just like. Uh, it's always funny to me. I think about it's probably a crazy thing sometimes, but I think you know what? If I were you know in in, in high school. I think I'd probably be friends with that guy, you know. Uh, and, and, and like Jimmy was one of those, uh, you know. And though I pick on Jimmy, but I was like, you know, if I was in high school, I would probably be friends with Jimmy, you know. I, I just, I just, he, he's, uh, I don't know, kind of like a kindred spirit, so uh, so to speak. And so uh, they used to pick on me. Actually, um, the, even the kids did uh, pick at us whenever um, my brother-in-law Tony and uh, Stephanie, they're you know, the missionaries. 
You know, because they came back and they're here. Like, they pick on us because we're, like, always together. All right? And they're like, oh, they're, oh, look at them. They can't stay away from each other. You know, but we just get along really well. Like, we just, we're, we're like-minded. Um, when I went on a mission trip to Roatan, a guy named Garrett, uh, Garrett Dowling, he goes to Calvary Baptist in Lake Park. He, uh, he, you may have seen him at Chick-fil-A in Lake Park. Uh, he's like the manager there. And uh, he and I were so much alike, man, we were always together. All right? We even bought Honduras soccer shirts. Okay, it's kind of funny in a way. I got a blue one, he got a white one. But you know, and, and they're like, like you know, where's Garrett? Or, oh, where's Patrick? Wherever Garrett is, where's Garrett? Wherever Patrick is, you know. And, and the whole point is, um, you know, it, we we ha- we're kindred spirits, and and we generally cared, uh, you know, have very similar interests. Um, and so again, Paul was sending Timothy uh, to to them because he trusts Timothy. Okay, he cared for the Philippians as much as Paul did, and that's that's a that's a simple statement, but. It's kind of high, kind of hard to find somebody who cares about something as much as you do. You all know I'm going with that. Like I, people would ask me, "How come you don't really have any help with basketball whenever I coach?" You know, I had I had a assistant coach. He was really a JV coach. He didn't practice with us, um, and you know, and I love him. It's nothing like that. But it was just um, I couldn't find anybody who I knew cared about that team as much as I did. And if I was going to have somebody out there, they better care about that team as much as I did. You know, and so it was hard for me to find that person until. Former player, my Malcolm, helped me my senior, my last year coaching. All right, uh, so it's important, that, you know, to find somebody like that, uh, you know, as far as uh, as far as that goes. And so again, like-minded, uh, like-minded means soulmate or partner in service. Okay, uh, and do we want to be extraordinary Christians? Then the things of God should really matter in our lives. Uh, they should really matter. We should really, really care. And and if the things of God really matter in our lives, then then this should matter in our life. Okay. The Bible should matter. Amen? Um, so, in fact, I read statistics that say only about 30% of Americans read their Bible every day. Okay? Only about 30%. Um, and, and how should we expect to make a real difference in the world if that's, if that's the case? Amen? Um, some other statistics that kind of stood out to me. There was a 2017 study, so it was pretty recent, uh, said about half of Americans have read relatively little of the Bible. Um, one in ten has read none of it, and thirteen uh, percent have read a few sentences. That's it. Um, Americans also differ in how they approach reading the Bible. Twenty-two percent read a little bit each day in a systematic approach, and a third never pick it up at all. Okay? Um, and so it's just you know. In the last one, I'll say the more often Americans attend church, it's interesting, the more likely they are to read the Bible daily. All right, so that's a good thing, All right, a good reason to go to church. 39% of those who attend worship services at least once a month read a bit every day, while only 13% of those who attend services less than one month pick it up uh, daily. So, uh, again, but uh, it, should be, it should be important to us. Um, our minds should be like Paul's mind, like Christ's mind, and all the things we have read in Philippians. Uh, it also says that in verse 20, uh, and all of verse 21, that Timothy genuinely cared about the Philippians' interests and not his own. And I've kind of already mentioned that already. So again, I'll ask you like I asked you a few weeks ago, uh, do we really put other people above ourselves? Do we genuinely care? Genuinely. That word means faithfully, sincerely. Because, you know, you ever received a gift from someone that you know it wasn't sincere? I mean, you know, don't call any names. But, you know, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, thank you. All right, so ordinary Christians can be extraordinary by following the examples of Timothy and Epaphroditus. Number two, Timothy had proven 
character. Verse 22, all, uh, but you know his proven character because he has served with me in the gospel ministry like a son with a father. The ESV says, but you know Timothy's proven worth. All right? And that word worth means trustiness, proof, trial, approved, tried character. Okay, y'all, y'all see the, the, where I'm going there? You can see that it was tried because Paul says that you know these things. It was like you know it because you've seen it. You've seen him live his life in front of you. You know I'm telling you the truth. Okay? Um, he lived out his faith before them. Uh, I know that Dwight uh, L. Moody once said, character is what you are in a dark. And, and I get that. When no one's looking, you know, you, you, you're going to do the right thing. I, I get that. I think that's a great quote. But I also think that people need to see it. You know, they should see that you have proven character. They should see your integrity. They should see how you live your life. Amen? Okay. Um, so, and I, I love for somebody to, to say that about me. That was important to me as a, as a coach and as a teacher. Uh, and a side note to, to uh, young people, and I know there's only a, there's a few kids in the house. Maybe as you get older, kids, y'all, uh, y'all remember this. Um, but my brother-in-law, Wesley, just told me this just a few weeks ago. Uh, he quoted a scripture, uh, Proverbs 27, uh, the first part of verse 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And so and his point was, you know, you, you need to find friends that, you, that have character and that will tell you the truth and not what you want to hear all the time. And, and even for us older people, that's still important. You know, you don't need people just always stroking you back and patting you, know, oh, you're doing good. You need people who want to tell you the truth as well. So you need people, have, make friends with people with uh, integrity um, and, and character. Because Timothy had that. He had that character and he cared. And Paul could trust him. And thirdly, Timothy was a servant of the gospel. He served with Paul. You can see that in verse, uh, in verse 20, 22. He served. Um, do we look at ourselves as, serves, as servants, as slaves of the gospel? I mean, that we don't have a choice. You know, like uh, we live for him because our life is not our own. Do, do, do we have that same mentality um, that we've been bought with a price, that we now, what, the life we now live, we live for Christ? And, and we're going to look at more of this next, next Sunday, um, uh, as I've already kind of been uh, prepared and working on that sermon. Uh, we're going to look at this idea more, uh, more as far as uh, less of us and more of Christ. But let me read you a couple of uh, verses. If you want to write them down or, or go to them, you can. Acts 20, verse 24. I want, to, I want to look at these right now. Acts 20, verse 24 says, But I consider my life of no value to myself. My purpose is to finish my course and the ministry I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of God's grace. Again, he said, uh, Paul said, I consider my life of no value to myself. I mean, can we consider our, our, uh, our lives as no value to ourselves? Uh, that's what we're supposed to do. First uh, uh, Corinthians 6, the second part of verse 19 and then 20. So First Corinthians 6, 19 B to 20. You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. So glorify God with your body. You are not your own. We are not our own. We were bought with a price. And so we should glorify God in our body. And last one I want to uh, refer to is Galatians 2.20, another one that we've said many times from this pulpit. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Amen. So Paul wanted Timothy to be the one who would bring the message about what was going to happen to them there in prison. Uh, but, you know, he, he's, he was proud of Timothy and he, he trusted Timothy. Um, and again, ordinary Christians can be extraordinary if we follow these two 
examples here. So now let's look at Epaphroditus. You want to try that word again, Ava? You want to try it? Epaphroditus? No, okay. All right, so verse 25. Uh, verse 25, but I consider it necessary to send you Epaphroditus. Um, kind of a side note, I, the different um, commentators, um, what, I've, what I saw there or read there, was that he was probably he may have been the the pastor of the church of Philippi, okay? Uh, there's there's some some discussion on that whether he was or not. Either way, he was the representative of the church of Philippi to bring a monetary gift to to uh, to help in Paul's time of need, okay? And so, he, if he wasn't a pastor, he was definitely somebody that they trusted to represent the church in doing that. Pat, we'll look at that in a minute. Uh, but a few things that we're going to see about Epaphroditus that we can emulate, if you're taking notes, are that uh, he's a brother, a co-worker, and a soldier. Okay? Brother, co-worker, and soldier. So, uh, his name actually means charming or lovely. That's a whole lot easier to say than Epaphroditus, Right? Ava, okay, charming, lovely. Uh, his job was straightforward. Again, it was to take the monetary gift, money, okay, from Philippi and bring it to Paul, all right, to help support his preaching of the gospel, all right. It wasn't an easy job, all right, and it, w- and it certainly carried with it a number of risks as he was transporting this financial gift a great distance, all right. And so it was, there was risk there, and you're going to find out that he, he almost lost his life, okay, uh, uh, from something that happened on that trip while he was taking the money. Okay. All right. And so he completed his mission. I do want you to see that he completed the mission. All right. So if you're like a military person, you know, mission completed. All right. Uh, um, Philippians 4, verse 18. If you want to skip ahead, it says in Philippians 4, 18, but I have received everything in full. All right. Uh, and I have them in abundance. I am fully supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you provided. Okay, all right, and so mission accomplished. All right, he did his job. Right, and so we're, in fact, that's going to be one of the things that we're going to talk about here, um, in in, uh, in in just a moment. Um, so he did complete the mission, and again, ordinary Christians can be extraordinary by following these two men's examples. So first thing under Epaphroditus is uh, in verse twenty-five. You'll see that he was a brother. Now all these are going to be in there. All three, all three points. Sorry about that. Or in verse twenty-five. Okay, so a brother. Now. My brother also harkens back to Philippians 1.5 where he says because of your partnership in the gospel, partnership, working together, okay, uh, and it speaks of a relationship to be enjoyed, that we should love others as family, our, love our Christian brothers and sisters as family. Okay? Um, does anyone remember, again, I want to date myself, although this is a little bit before me. Does anybody remember, I think it was in the 70s, uh, the Hollies, the, the, the musical group, the Hollies? Anybody remember that? What if I told you he ain't heavy? He's my brother. All right. Anybody? Sorry. Some of y'all. All right. So, and, and, and so he says, I'm not going to sing it, uh, Miss Ginger. You want to sing it, Miss Ginger? All right. She says, no. Uh, the road is long with many a winding turn. You know that? that okay. All right. Uh, that leads, huh? That was not good. Oh, tell <laughs> He said. He said. But it goes on. Says that leads us to nowhere. Who knows where? But I'm strong, strong enough to carry him. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. All right. Uh, and he says. So on we go. His welfare is of my concern. No burden is he to bear. We'll get there. For I know he would not encumber me. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. 
All right, and uh, I, I probably, I think I agree with Mr. Tommy Sally on the statement about telling a joke, probably better than the singing, uh, although I don't really know how that, you know, uh, what that says about me. But, um, you know, our commitment is, is pretty strong for our siblings, is it not? I mean, you, mean, you, see, you see fights at school, and, it, and they're, they're fighting because of something that happened in the streets or something before because it was their brother or their sister. And, like, you know... All right, now we can fight with each other, you know, for brothers and sisters, but don't mess with them. Don't, don't mess with them if you're not my brother or sister. Don't mess with my brother or sister. You know what I mean? And so uh, your commitment's pretty strong uh, for your siblings. And, and uh, obviously, you know, as brothers and sisters in Christ, if you don't have a real sibling, you have them in Christ. Amen. Um, and, you know, sometimes people get sick, uh, and sometimes you're kind of going on a different route here. Siblings, we all handle things differently. Um, notice in verse 26 since he had been longing for all of you and was distressed because you heard that he was sick so like I've got like sometimes we read stuff like I read this so many times I didn't really get like I didn't really make a difference with me you know to be honest with you but then when you kind of study it like I'm going to see if I can help convey this Um, he was distressed because you heard that he was sick so most of us when we're sick we tend to get self-centered right we want attention Right, um, and you know, okay, some of y'all are like, where are you going, uh, Mr. Patrick? Okay, where are you going there, Patrick? All right, so I'm just going to ask this, fellas. Sorry, you might want to close your ears. Are men's wimp when it wimps when it comes to sickness? Uh, I saw Candace's face. All right, is it is there such a thing as man flu? All right. Actually, side note, in defense of man, there's some studies that say there might be some. Okay. I, you can check it out if you like to hear, read something interesting. But I thought these were funny. I, I found a couple of things online that were funny. Uh, on Twitter, uh, this, this person called at Parker Lawyer says this, Hubs and I ha- both have the flu. Only difference is I'm cleaning the kitchen and he's dying. Okay. All right. Supposed to laugh at your time. All right. Uh, at established 1975 said, My husband is homesick from work today, and it's like having 1,000 babies. Ms. Ryan is nodding her head. Uh, and then I saw, the last one is this. I saw a meme that says, <laughs> a picture with a, you know, a picture and then like these, these words. It says, during labor, the pain is so great that a woman, dot, 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 can almost imagine what a man feels when he has a fever. Um, so it's about the truth. <laughs> but uh, again, you know, sometimes we can be wimps when it comes to sickness. But going back to Epaphroditus, he felt bad for them feeling bad for him. It's completely different, right? That's a pretty, that's a pretty good statement about Epaphroditus. It's like, like, I missed that, so don't be like me and miss that. Like, he, he felt, he was distressed because you heard that he was sick. He had so much care and concern for them that he felt bad that they felt bad for him. You know? Uh, he wasn't looking for pity at all. Uh, King James Version says, full of heaviness. Full of heaviness. And, and that word for heaviness or distress is actually the strongest word in the New Testament for depression. One of the coolest things I learned through the study uh, for this message. Like, it's almost to the point of depression. He felt depressed that they just felt bad for him being sick. He said, oh, man, I really cared about him that much. He didn't want them to feel, but don't, oh, man, don't feel that bad for me. I'm okay. I'll be okay. He almost died. It says it. So he had a real thing. We don't know exactly what it was. It was a real concern, but yet he still is like, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. All right. Um, the phrase full of heavens, in fact, that same, that same uh, word was, was used to describe Christ in, in Gethsemane, in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
in uh, Matthew 26, verse 37, where it says, He took along Peter and two sons of Zebedee. He began to be sorrowful and troubled. That's the same word. It's pretty, pretty crazy. Pretty strong stuff, I think. So just kind of a side note, kind of a dirt road, as we'll say sometimes. Um, pray for your pastor. You know, uh, Pray for me. Um, pray for your, your Sunday school teachers. Mr. Right? Tommy. Um, pray for them, Sally, because uh, he was like a pastor. And, and J. Vernon McGee says that Satan has shifted his attack from the Word of God to the man who teaches it, to the man or, or person who teaches it. All right, so uh, prayers appreciated. Again, ordinary Christians can be extraordinary by following examples of Timothy and Epaphroditus. Number two, uh, he was a fellow worker. And this speaks of a job to be done. You got work to do, do your job. And he did it. And we've already looked at some of that, so I'm, not, I'm probably going to go through this a little faster. But King James Version says, My companion in labor. My companion in labor and working. Um, uh, and, and again, it's in verse 27. He was sick so that he nearly died. Right? And God had mercy on him. Um, are we working? We, we mentioned that last time we were in the book, book of Philippians about working out what God has worked in, our salvation. And about shining like stars and presenting our lives as offerings. Y'all, hopefully y'all remember that. And his commitment mirrors Jesus' commitment on the cross. Right? And he almost died. Uh, Nathan Quinn's a commentator, he said this, and I can't, I don't have it memorized. I thought it was really, really good. He says, um, he, being Epaphroditus, he was not going to allow any obstacles to stand between him and the work before him. What great commitment that put the work even above his own physical comfort and well-being. How quickly we find ourselves forgetting, uh, forgetting or shirking our responsibilities for far less reasons than Epaphroditus had. And that's kind of like a step on my toes over me because I think I've done that same thing. Right? And, and my commitment is not nearly as strong. And if I, if I don't feel good, I might not come. Or I might not want to do anything for God that day. Or, uh, oh, I don't like the song service. Or I don't like the jokes about a pastor. I'm just playing. That's a bad joke. But anyway, uh, how committed are we? I mean, y'all remember the story about a pig and a chicken, right? Anybody remember the story about the pig and the chicken? All right, Jimmy, you'll like this one. So they were walking down the road, and as they passed the church, they noticed that a potluck charity breakfast was underway. And caught up in the spirit, the pig suggested to the chicken that they each make a contribution to this breakfast. Great idea, the chicken, the chicken said. Let's offer them ham and eggs. Well, the pig says, not so fast for you. That's just a contribution. But for me, it's a total commitment. <laughs> All right. So um, are we just a chicken? You like that one? Are you just a chicken or are you the pig when it comes to, uh, when it comes to spiritual things and commitment to Christ? Again, we can be extraordinary by following their examples. Let's look at the last point for Epaphroditus. He was, if you look back in uh, verse 25, fellow soldier. And that harkens back to striving together uh, for the faith for the gospel, which is back in verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 27. Um, 2 Timothy, I want to read you that for a second. 2 Timothy 2, verse 3. And then 4, verse 7. Uh, 2 Timothy 2, verse 3. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Amen. So 4, verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith fought the good fight. I fought it. Um, you know, uh, continuing together, Epaphroditus risked his life to help Paul. You see that in verse 30. And we are to be soldiers for Christ. Why would that be? Why would we have to be soldiers for Christ? Well, what did Mr. Tommy read to us earlier today? All right? About, how, about we're in our, uh, you know, our armor for Christ. 
Uh, some people do need to wake up because we're in a battle every day. Uh, if you don't believe it, Ephesians 6, 11, and 12, just reading the first part of what Mr. Tommy already read, put on the full armor of God so they can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, against the cosmic powers of darkness, against evil, spiritual forces in the heavens. We have a battle. We have a fight. Uh, I, I thought this was a very neat story. It says in, in the days of the early church, there was an association of men and women who called themselves gamblers. Gamblers. Now, not playing uh, you know, poker. All right? um, but uh, it was taken from the same ancient Greek word used in uh, not regarding his life. All right? that, what, the word that meant that. Uh, it was their aim to visit the prisoners and the sick, especially those who were ill uh, with dangerous and infectious diseases. Often when a plague struck a city, the heathen threw the dead bodies into the streets and fled in, ter- in terror. But the gamblers buried the dead and helped the sick the best they could, and so risk their lives to show the love of Jesus. I mean, I just think that's a really cool story. You know, would we be willing to do that? Um, uh, Mr. Lightfoot, uh, commentator, said this, It seems plain from this expression used in the words there that Epaphroditus' illness was the result or the consequence not of persecution but of overexertion. So we don't really know exactly what it was, but he overexerted himself to the point where it made him sick. He was willing to fight and work so hard for the people to get, get that job done that he, was, that, that he had overexerted himself. Um, and I told you guys about Lorenzo as we kind of get to the close here, uh, going to the military. And, and some of y'all may know this, but um, Semper Fidelis, you ever heard of that? It's a Latin phrase that means always faithful or always loyal. It's the motto of the United States Marine Corps. And it's usually shortened what? Simplify. That's right. Simplify. And, and it means um, honor, courage, and commitment. The core values of the Marines define how every Marine in a Corps thinks, acts, and fights where it should. May we be the same as followers of Christ. May we have honor, courage, and commitment. Amen? But aren't we just people, Pastor? I mean, uh, come on, Patrick. I mean, we're not very strong and... You know, all that stuff you said about Michael Jordan, be like Mike. And I don't know if even these guys here I don't know if I could do that. Even Timothy and Epaphroditus. I don't know, Brother Patrick. Well, I get that. And so let me tell you a quote by Alexander the Great. And uh, I think it makes a very good application for our lives as Christians. Alexander the Great says this, I am not afraid of an army of lions led by a sheep. I'm afraid of an army of sheep led by a lion. Isn't Jesus Christ a lion of Judah in Revelation 5 5? And we may be sheep, but whew, we have a lion leading us. Amen. And so as we, as we finish up, uh, uh, we can be extraordinary by following the examples of Timothy and Epaphroditus. These three men lived uh, for Christ during a tough time, uh, according to uh, the background there that I read. Uh, and we can do the same. We can do the same, but we can't do it on our own. Just a reminder that God worked uh, salvation into us. We work it out. We have, but we do that from the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't do it on our own. Okay, uh, We draw from Him every moment. Uh, we're not alone in the battle. Um, uh, and so I want to encourage you to, to be like them. All right? Going back to the old be like Mike. I want to be, I want to be like Mike. Let's be like Timothy and Epaphroditus. That wouldn't have as much of a good jingle, right, Ava? Because it's hard to say Epaphroditus. But um, genuinely care for others. Have character. Be servants. Be good siblings of Christ to one another. Be fellow workers. Be fellow soldiers. 
And so that's my encouragement to you guys today. We're actually going to close, I think, with the same song. Is that right, Miss Sally? And uh, if you do have a decision, I know we're... Mo- uh,